All right, this is an absolute bonus episode for our fans in Houston. We are doing a super quick hitter on Houston sports. Our normal episode will drop tomorrow. It is a fantastic episode, an interview with Ray Sosa, Ramon Sosa. It is a can't miss. He is unlike any other guest we've had, an amateur boxer, and has a story to tell that will leave your mouth on the floor. Uh, But before we get to that tomorrow, we're going to drop this thing on Houston Sports after the Astros drop their first playoff game this season and uh, after the firing of Coach Bill O'Brien. So for any fans of Houston Sports, this one is for you. Put that coffee down. That's a clown question, bro. It's Astro baseball playoff season, which uh, which means it's time for a quick bonus episode of Off Script. Take us back to our roots, how we started this whole thing back yeah. in 17. So I figured, you know, let's get on the hook here and drop 30 minutes on our Houston fans. Uh, we got the Astros up to one in the ALDS, and we got Bill O'Brien finally getting thrown off the train. In uh, in the NFL for the Texans, so uh, where do you want, where do you want to start, dude? Let's I mean, I'm with, fresh off that Astro game, so yeah. Let's let's start with the Astros. Let's start with the good news and the Astros. Well, okay, well, not exactly good, good news, news or today. bad news. Well, it's good yeah. news. They're up two one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the big picture, it's good news. Up, they're up two one, but it's a little scary now because you blew you blew the lead. Three run homer, Josh James, who you know cannot go more than one inning. He cannot Why more is than he still he, in that game? What the fuck Dusty's do? I honestly, Dusty's been fine up until now in the playoffs. But you know, the Astros know the the all the fans know. Josh James cannot. You a you want to see him as little as possible because it's not like Dude, he's killing it this year. Anything no, but more that, than an inning is a disaster. And that game set was literally lined up up seven four. James gets you through that inning, right? Then right. you come in with we, then you come in with another pitcher, whether it's Brooks Raley, whoever it is, in the seventh. Then you come in with with uh, Scrub in the eighth. I mean, you literally one pitcher per inning, full Tampa Bay Rays style. Like, do not try to stretch it there. It is just such a bad move. And not only that, James is out there for the second inning. He clearly doesn't have it. Like no. he walks two batters, he's given up hits. You're like, dude, this is he doesn't have it. Pull him out, pull him out. Scrub is ready. Scrub's literally or Brooks is ready. He was sitting back there, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing, Dusty Baker? It's and and here's why it's such a killer potentially. You got a chance if you manage this game effectively. And one of the things that when I say manage effectively, I understand <clears throat> that there's a lot of moves in baseball that are just like by the book, you know, like playing blackjack, you just follow the rules sure. and you don't even have to, you can put it on autopilot. Right. And Dusty did have to manage in this instance. He had to play some, some, not necessarily hunches, but he had to play the odds. One of the odds always should always tell you, Josh James can never go more than an inning. We have a huge sample size. The analytics tell you that your gut should tell you that everything in the world should tell you that you do not put Josh James out there for a second inning. And yet that's what he did. So he didn't play his, his, 
if he's playing his gut instinct, then that's just incredibly wrong because there's such a huge sample size of Josh James falling apart in the second inning of work. I, know. I don't know why, I, I, but it is true. No, it's absolutely true. James <clears throat> is a guy that's going to go in and give you one inning, period. End of discussion. Like that, there is no way that he should be in. And I think, I can only imagine as I was sitting there watching the game, look, Dusty knows that we're in a tough spot. Like the fact that we won those first two games, Valdez was an absolute horse. Like Fromber gave you way more than you thought he was going to give you in that game. And, you know, the way that game one shook out, like you'd really saved your, your kind of bad part of your, you know, your weak link, which is the bullpen outside of a couple guys. Yeah. You've, you've literally saved them from the series. Today was the day where I think he just, he thought, okay, maybe this is going to be a Paredes type outing for James. He's going to surprise us a little bit. He's going to be able to pull it off. No, no, he's not. He's not going to be able to pull it off, which we now know. I mean, look, hindsight's 2020, right? So he didn't pull it off. But now the Astros are in a tough spot. You're going to put Javier on the mound. Granky's hurt, so he's not going to pitch. So you're going to put Javier on the mound. And Javier's good. He's absolutely good. But that being said, you know, it's going to be, you know, you, you're hoping to get what out of Javier? Five? I mean, in a good, yeah. like you're hoping to get five, hoping. Well, this but is why all you of a sudden, yeah, now exactly. you're back into that bullpen and you're in trouble. It, and this is why you can, you can put Paredes back out there. Yeah. But dude, this back to back to back to back game situation that killer. they got us in, it's a fucking killer. And if you're able to pull off the win today in game three, you now have two days off before you start a straight up seven game series, no rest days. Right. Um, you this know, is where you next, really get your you really get your pitching staff tested. You really get your bullpen tested. There's really no way to hide it. The Astros, because they swept the first two games from from the Twins and had a chance to sweep the A's. If and and the real place you got screwed was Urquidy was you know up in the zone and he was getting banged out of the park. He had a high pitch count through the first two innings. They, mm -hmm. they were counting on Arquiti to go at least six. Like, they needed him to go six so that you could go, okay, Blake Taylor for an inning, maybe Josh James. It's more manageable. When Arquiti can't do it, all of a sudden, it meant Dusty was going to have to go deeper into the bullpen than he was going to like, which is probably why he tried to weasel out two innings with Josh James. But that's not the guy you weasel innings out with. You know, you don't yeah. weasel out multiple innings with Josh James. And because Urquidy couldn't go deeper, all of a sudden you were going to be forced to get into that bullpen. And what do you know? You know, the, See, it, I disagree. I don't think you had to get I don't think you had to get more out of Urquidy. Here's the thing. The bats kept the kept them in the game. So I don't think that it's not really on Urquidy. Look, Urquidy didn't have his he didn't have his his off speed stuff. He, all he had was his fastball. His fastball was working. But anything he tried to throw outside of that was getting hit. And he's a fly ball pitcher. He's not a ground out pitcher. So in that sort of heat in LA in the middle of the day, a fly ball pitcher, I mean, a lot of those balls are not going out of the park in other places during other times of the day, but they are in Los Angeles, certainly. And, and, right. and so I just, I don't think Urquidy, to me, like that's not where the fault lies. Um, I think he pitched fine. He didn't pitch great, but he pitched fine. The bats kept them in the game. If you're up seven, four, and James has gotten you through an inning, that's where that's where you get yourself in trouble. Yeah, but the problem was, Eric, he only pitched four and a third. I mean, my big issue was he pitched four and a third, and 
the issue was he didn't give you enough innings because you were forced to get into your bullpen deeper. You don't have Christian Hot. Look, here's the thing. But bro, Christian- at the end of the fifth inning, he pitched four to third. It's still only three to two athletics at that I point. Get, I get it. But at the end knew- of the fifth inning, you're, you're up seven to four. But the score's irrelevant. The sc- what I'm talking about is you were going to have to go to multiple players in your bullpen. You were fucked at that point. You had to go to multiple players and somebody had to give you multiple innings. And here's the problem. When Zach Greinke hurt his arm, that's when I knew, oh, shit. Because now you have to pull Christian Javier. Because, see, if Zach Greinke's able to go, let's say he was able to go and get in any four. Let me finish here. Christian Javier would be pitching today. And Christian Javier, no problem. You need me You need me to go two, three innings, not a problem. So you got your long reliever who really is a much better arm than anyone else in the bullpen, frankly. And you would have had I Javier, I don't know that he would have Blake pitched Taylor. Javier today. Why not? I don't think he would have pitched. He because pitched a couple he innings totally the other day. Kill, but he kills himself. Then he can't start him tomorrow. No, but you would have had Zach Greinke. I'm talking about if Zach Greinke were healthy. Oh, no, well, you can't. Sure. That's yeah, everything. That's what Zach Greinke's not healthy. But that's what. I, but but let me work. Let me walk through this. This is where you were fucked. You had to win today because here's why: you had to pull Javier out of your bullpen because you knew well, we got to pitch him game four. Now we can't. We can't throw him in a bullpen. So now you. So now Fromber's out. Now, because um, Fromber was in the last series, he was a bullpen guy. So you take Javier out as your long reliever. And it used to be long relievers were kind of the shitty pitchers. For the Astros now, it's like Charlie Morton, Brad Peacock, Lance McCullers, you know, dating back, obviously, to 2017. Sure. These are the guys who are money, not not the real bullpen. So if 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 Zach Greinke's not hurt, okay, you know you have Javier, and you can go to Javier for multiple innings. Once Zach Greinke was hurt, I was like, oh, shit. Urquidy's got to go deep. He's got to go deeper than four and a third because there is no Javier to string together three innings. And that's where you're going to be screwed. Yes, you had a big lead, but you also had to go deep into the bullpen. And now what you just said a while ago is how far can you go with Javier? You're not going to go that far. Five. In- if he gives you five innings, He's that's solid. Good. He can give Six you five. Innings. I- but who do you go to? It's the same. Well, it's the same shit. Uh, well, I know. But Lance, okay. So by that, by that argument, though, we were putting this thing together with scotch tape from the beginning. Yes. I mean, let's let's just be honest. Nobody saw the Astros in this position up to nothing. Nobody did. Period. Uh, Maybe the guys in the clubhouse, but you and I sure didn't, and most fans did not see us up two games to nothing. Like, I'm sorry. I no, just don't. I, I'm not I honestly, buy it. I honestly thought not they the had... way the bullpen and in, in the in the bats. No, but here's my thing with it. Remember, Zach Greeky wasn't hurt yet. I knew that you had Christian Javier in the bullpen. We didn't know what the rotation was going to be. I mean, we knew McCullers was going to go first. We weren't sure how, where Zach Grinke was going to fit in, where Fromber was going to fit in, things like that. Um, I did think it was actually possible for them to to be up 2-0 because the bats started to wake up. Well, yeah, the bats started to but wake bats up. The bats didn't start to wake up till this series. No, the bats, there were some signs in the last series. You, you started to see some signs. They started yeah, to. Yeah, with George and those guys. And I mean, they've got the a lot thing, of experience though. in LA. I mean, look, Urquidy's got to go more I don't more believe, I, I totally agree, but I don't believe, I think Grinky being hurt, if he is in fact hurt and cannot pitch, well, he that's is. the nail in the, okay. Well, they, he's, they said he's uncertain. They said there's no damage done. When was he going to certain whether or not? Not well. No, I don't know. I'm four. saying for the no. I'm saying for the next series. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm is saying there for the next, next series. series? But, but well, I think there will be. Okay, so I, here's the thing. Yes, I do agree 
of course, of course, winning today is advantageous. Hendricks is now done for tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so you're, we have, we, they have exposed many more of their arms than we have to them. Um, our bats are, are, are finally coming to light. So, uh, you know, you're asking them to win three games in a row. Is that possible against this Astros team with the bullpen that we have? Absolutely. Do I think the Astros are going to win this series? I do. I think they're going to win this series. But point B, and, and that's all you want to do. You just got to, you got to get to the next series. You got to get to the next series. But the way they have lined this up in the playoffs, the way that they have no days off, that if this goes five to Friday, the the ALCS starts on Saturday. Yeah, you get And then it goes you, Saturday. You so you're, right. So you're, you're done. Like this yeah. thing is being held together with that's Scotch why tape. Today, and you're done. That's why today was so unbelievably important because it allows you to get rest. It allows Grinky to rest. It allows you to reshuffle and reconfigure your lineup. That's why today was absolutely must win. You're going to be an underdog in the next two. You're going to be an underdog with Javier and with Lance McCullers. McCullers is going to take the bump. I don't think five. he's going to start McCullers. Who is he not start? on three days rest? I don't know. Who, I don't well, know. He has to. There's. I think if you home. can. Well, that's true, but I don't, I think you try to bring, well, first of all, if you're up tomorrow, you got to be winning by 3.30 p.m. when the shadows hit. So you got to be up by 3.30. I don't care what fucking inning it is. When it's 3.30 p.m. in L.A., you better have the fucking lead. Why? Because shadows because the, are just too devastating? Because the shadows are too devastating. Yeah. And so you better have, there's no way you're coming back once those shadows are between the pitcher's mound and the plate. Not with, not with these arms. So if you have the, if you have the lead at that point and you're let, let's say you got two innings to go, do you bring McCullers out? To finish the game? Um, well, see, you just don't have a guy like that. Like, you, your bullpen, there's none of those guys exist. There's not – you're missing – So do you bring You're missing your out. one and two. No, 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 no. You have to save them for You have five. to save them? Yeah, you or have to go with one. your bullpen. Or game one, or which game is only one. two days away. Game five or right. game one. Yeah, you have to save them. I mean, here's the problem, Eric. It used to be we were thinking about, well, this guy's not pitching well. Well, this guy's not pitching well. Well, this guy maybe. Well, Peacock sometimes can give you that good – that's not even on a team anymore. Now you're trying to avoid as many pitchers as possible. It's like it's like when a it's like in basketball Listen, when a coach gets a seven man rotation and it's super tight and you can't afford right. any foul trouble or injuries at all. That's what the Astros are like right now. Yeah, I will say scrub scrub pitched well. Yeah, scrub and, pitched well and his, scrub his, and his stuff looked his stuff looked good. Um, and dude, when he drops that thing and that's in the shot, it was like insane. Mm -hmm. They couldn't see it until it was right up on him. And see Josh um, James, Paredes, by the way, and Paredes has pitched well. So I, I wish he could have gone today, but he can't. But what I'm saying for tomorrow, okay. With Paredes pitching well, I scrub can pitch again. Cause he only pitched today and he pitched an inning and that's it. Mm -hmm. So you've got scrub and you've got Paredes tomorrow. You don't have, um, you don't have Javier because he's going to start. So you've got Presley, you have Blake Taylor. You have Blake Taylor, Presley, Scrub, and Javier. You yeah. got four guys. That's right. So you got to try. You got to try to get him to, you know, if you got to try to get Javier to four or five innings. You got to get and five. One and then of those guys can give you, get, Paredes can give you more than one. Paredes can certainly give you more. Well, than that's one. the problem is you've got to, you're going to have to go multiple innings with the pitcher. One of the pitchers yeah. is going to have to go multiple innings. And that's where, that's where. And don't forget Hendricks is out for them. 
and that he's their yeah he's yeah their he's a killer. absolute shutdown dude. And, and the Astros and are hitting out. they're hitting everyone else pretty hard. But you know, they think are. about this: your one and your two, at least how it started the season, Verlander and and Zach Greinke right now are out. Your one and your two are are out. Well, of course, if they were pitching, then you'd have Grinky. You know, let, let's say let's say it were Verlander, Grinky, um, Fromber, and then Urquidy, right? Let's just say it was those four. Well, we'd be talking about Christian Javier and Lance McCullers coming out of the bullpen. So you got yeah, guys who can not. go along. But that's we're not. That's why this is really. That's why so, Game Three was such an unbelievably important I game. I know, but we're going to win. Relax, we're going to win. I, you're Relax. an underdog in the like next two games. That's fine. We like being underdogs. They're they're pulling out Frankie you're have Montas. To go Frankie to, Montas. You, you think that guy's not going to give you up cannot runs? Cannot go. There is no other bullpen to go to though. You can't go to Fromber. You can't go to Christian Javier. Those guys it's who are who are saving your ass runs on the board. It's not going to matter. But in the first three wins. Those are the guys who are saving your ass, or first okay. three of the first I'm four. I'm just telling you, this thing is going to drop tonight, so mm-hmm. everybody can listen before tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We're going to win the game. Relax. Hendricks is out. We're hitting their guys. The guys are going to win tomorrow. We're going to have an off day Friday, then we're going to start McCullers on Saturday, and then let's hope Grinky has the balls to get on the mound for well, you know maybe game two or three. Bet the we'll over, see. then. Bet the over. Um, a bunch of okay, let's switch gears it. really quick. Quick, um, and I wanted to be excited um, about. Look, it sucks that our 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 podcast where we're talking about the Astros has negativity because the fact is they'd won four in a row. Like they came, dude, they yeah, pulled this out of their right ass, twenty nine and thirty one in sixty games, and all of a sudden the bad guys are rolling, and the guys with the black hats all of a sudden everyone's like, oh shit. We wanted them but to be eliminated. What that's what I love. We're playing with house money, dude. Yeah, we're playing with house that's true. money. We so are, it's, we it's are. like what I want to stick it up people's ass, though. I want it to we'll get stuck it up all the way up their ass tomorrow. We'll stick it up their ass tomorrow. Don't be wrong on this, Eric. Do not be wrong. I'm on not. This. We'll stick it up their ass tomorrow. All right. It's all good. Um, so my favorite person in all of Houston sports, as you know, is Mr. Bill O'Brien. It's why I refuse to be a Texans fan mm. uh, for the last two years. I've told mm-hmm. you that. I There's no way, as long as that man uh, is is putting on the Texans cap, I'm not going to root for the Texans. They're absolute, he's run that organization into the ground. Finally, give me my baseball, Cal McNair has decided to, to get rid of him. Um, what are your feelings? First of all, tell people why you say give me the, my baseball, Cal McNair. Because he's slow. He's a little slow. Well, that's a reference to that's a le- reference to something about Mary. Okay. But yeah. there is actually something. I, I didn't know if you – I thought you might be referencing. Oh, yeah. I know, the, I know the specifics of the reference. You well, want to fill in the podcast? No, no, no. There's a, there's, there's a picture I mean, There's a picture of him right. at an Astros game with his glove on. <laughs> right, with his glove on that you yeah. texted me. Yeah, right. yeah. But <laughs> – the fact that a major league owner, I mean, a, a NFL owner is at a baseball game with a glove on that it just doesn't inspire confidence. I'm just going to be honest with you. And it's really? like in a diamond club. I mean, come on. And wasn't dude. he wearing headphones too? He was not wearing like big oversized headphones. headphones. No, yeah, I think he, he was, was not wearing headphones. It was not. I think he was. What was his name? <laughs> Norman or something head- like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I think Cal McNair, if, if memory serves, he was in in the stands, yeah. and he had his his glove on. But That's he's a accurate. righty. But he actually accidentally had it on his right hand, so it was backwards. He had big headphones on, and then in his left hand, he had uh, cotton candy. He did not, not. Yes, most of that is inaccurate. 
bullshit. Most of it is inaccurate. There was no cotton candy. He'd never his glove <laughs> on the wrong hand. I'm pretty sure he did. Well, listen. I'm pretty sure he did. A grown man with a glove does not inspire confidence if he owns your NFL team. And he's the same man who gave Bill O'Brien all the power, who who actually got tricked got tricked into firing Brian Gain after a year by, by Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby, who is the right-hand man for Bill O'Brien. Jack Easterby is something else now. This is a team chap. He was a one-time chaplain, like a part-time chaplain with the Kansas City Chiefs. And before you know it, He's in the building at New England, and then he's with the Houston Texans, and now he's executive vice president of football, and he's the lone wolf standing. Um, You know, my sources in the building tell me he played a big part in getting rid of Brian Gain with his, you know, he went to the owner and just told him Brian Gain. He showed him his little character chart, like, oh, he's he's just not competent for this job. Like, okay, well, I guess I'll fire him. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you can just let Bill O'Brien, he can run the he can run the, mm-hmm. the the whole thing. Oh, great. And Bill O'Brien got all the power he wanted, even though he's acting like now, I didn't want him power. And the owner just gave me the power. You wanted all the power. He is yeah, John, all my, of it. my radio partner and I've called him either the Mad King or he was either the Mad King or Joffrey. Um Lannis, I would not Lannister. be surprised if he actually has like the Game of Thrones chair in his office. Like he thinks yeah. that highly of himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean or seriously, you know what was a great move? I'm sure, uh, which is going to be awesome for any new GM and coach is is um, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I mean, that was awesome. Well, it pissed um, off I mean, there's every. There's just a laundry. Yeah, there's a laundry list of really good trades. So I want to. So I want We're in really good shape. I want to take you through all this. So, so Jack Easterby um, ended up was a major component in getting rid of Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien brought Jack Easterby in and then got done in by G- Jack Easterby. When it, this is all Game of Thrones type st- stuff. This is Peter Baelish, Littlefinger. You know, this is high level. This is high level deception and shenanigans behind the scenes. But Jack Easterby did everyone a favor by getting rid of Bill O'Brien. But here's the story that my radio partner broke um, on the radio. And then I encouraged him to tweet it out. And it, and it went viral today. It just took off. He was told by a source... Are you, by the way, just really quick, are you taking credit for John's tweet going viral? No, I just told him, like, you said this on the radio. This is a really big deal. He got a text okay, message while we were on the air, and I said, you need to tweet that out. I said, "That's this is a really big deal. And so he did, and now, whatever, 20,000 retweets later, right. what he said was, and I'm sure you've seen that, I'm sure you've seen it by now, is that J.J. Watt, he, he had the yeah. information that J.J. Watt got into a uh, uh, a yelling match with Bill a O'Brien. Scuffle? A kerfuffle? It was a kerfuffle. It wasn't a scuffle. It was right. a kerfuffle. Um, right. And there was a ruckus. A dust-up? It was a dust-up to a ruckus somewhere in that neighborhood. Right. I would say it's less okay. of a dust-up and more of a ruckus. And okay. and I don't know if it was at practice. John's John heard it was before the Steeler game. I don't know if it was before the Steeler game in terms of practice. But anyway... They got into it. JJ said, you're a shitty coach, quote unquote. And yeah. they were they were really into it. Then Anthony Weaver, his first year defensive coordinator, he and Bill O'Brien got into it. Um, but I was told. Nobody liked the guy. The word John got was that 44 different players texted Jack Easterby to tell him they didn't want to play for Bill O'Brien anymore. Now, my guess is if I had to just play this out now, this I have not heard, but this is what I'm thinking happened. 
probably Easterby knew it was a big issue, even though he was Bill O'Brien's right-hand man. He already knew probably that Bill O'Brien, he was probably trying to distance himself from those bad personnel moves that he was also involved with, by the way, Easterby right. was. But now it's mm-hmm. now he's got to save his own ass in his own position. And so he figures, I want this team to do well, and it's not going to do well with Bill O'Brien. Because let me tell you, the whole city, just what you said, Eric, about how – you found it hard to root for the Texans. That was what everyone said. And J.J. Watt even alluded to it, that the fans weren't vibing with the team for the last several years, and it really bothered him, and he could tell that. So even a player, he could feel the same thing that we felt. Um, he, it's like he was speaking directly to the fans. He knew what their pain was, and it said, you know, they want to cheer for the Texans, but they just feel like they can't. That's him saying – because of Bill O'Brien. Now, he said that today. Well, of course. But here's what happened. I think Jack Easterby went to some players and said, listen, the more of you guys who text me, I can show that to the owner, and that'll send more right. of a message. And my guess is that's what happened. And Cal, um, and Cal McNair got rid of – Got rid of uh, got rid of Bill O'Brien. Now here, can we, here's what they've said. Can we just? I'm let me hit oh, you okay. with this. They said yeah. that they're going to hire GM first, and then the GM will mm-hmm. hire the coach. So that's gotcha. where I that think makes it should go. That's the way it should. Yeah, go. that's the way it always should go. You can't bring in a GM with when the the coach and their guy. It's it, you got to hire the GM first. Now, uh, really quick before we go into who we are looking at, or you and I, who we like, tossing out some names. Can we just replay the conversation that you and I had on the phone? in which about 12 hours earlier I said to you, Bill O'Brien's going to get fired, and you said zero chance. Mm-hmm. He's owed too much money. Yeah. yeah. And now they're going to have to I pay him. And I said, no, he's got to get fired. There's no possible way that they can keep a franchise with this loser as the, as the coach and GM. There's no possible way you can keep this loser in the place that he is and, and try to make any sort of revenue or keep any fan base because you will run it into the ground Absolutely fucked beyond all recognition. Well, you said so zero chance. Yeah, because he is going to be owed well over $10 million. I mean, the owner's going to have to pay, I don't know, 12 and a half, 13 million dollars. I didn't know that Jack Easterby had completely turned on Bill. Here's the real key, though. I think enough of us on the radio, enough fans and enough and frankly, the players, the players turning on Bill O'Brien was something that I I didn't have access to that information. Because once the players turn on you, you know, I always felt like the only two guys that could get Bill O'Brien fired were J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson. I figured those are the only two players. And both uh, the guys I know JJ doesn't. JJ Watt does not like Bill O'Brien, and they've gotten oh, into it. Oh come on, times. You, you know damn well that Deshaun Watson and no, him do not get along. No, after no, no, the no. That's not DeAndre ac- Hopkins. That's not, that's not accurate. Okay, well, that's not accurate. This is okay. what's accurate. Deshaun doesn't hate him. Deshaun, from what I've been told, has just kind of gotten tired of Bill O'Brien, and Deshaun really was not happy with having his lead dog gone. Yes, they, he didn't like that move. I think Bill what O'Brien, about the, the GM, started he, to piss off the players because his moves were what, so shitty. And what about the fact that he would come in on a Friday after a whole week of prep and finally take a look at the offensive game plan and start to change things the day before they went into game? Yeah, he, he didn't like that. He didn't like that last year because he and Tim Kelly had already worked on the install and O'Brien was right. just oversee. But O'Brien's such a, a power-hungry guy, he ended up taking over play calling this week. Like, he let Tim Kelly have for three Deshaun weeks. Deshaun Watson, that's Deshaun's fine. Not, Deshaun's You're... not shedding any tears. No. I am. There we go. That's JJ, all. okay. JJ legitimately did not like that dude. I think Deshaun was going along with it as long as he need to. But um, 
he got his big paycheck. Bill O'Brien gave him his big ch- paycheck. I don't think he was going to slit Bill O'Brien's throat, but at the same time, I don't think he's, I don't think he's sad to see him go. Nobody. And in fact, his quarterback on that team. Yeah. Is no, no. Sad to see him go. Nobody. And I've Period. also heard that the no. coaches, I've also heard that most of the coaches are not sad to see him go because he just made everyone's, it just wasn't fun. You know how it is. Of Have course. you ever had anyone on set who made shit not fun? Yes, of course. Of course you of course. Have. And it's amazing to see how much one bad apple can spoil the group. You know, it's just, a, it's an energy thing. It's an absolute energy thing. And then, by the way, you, you know what, you know whose job that is? Uh, like a casting director and, and, you know, people that need to put good actors in a group that are going to get along, a GM. You know, you got to keep a good core group in there. You got to have energy. The, the number one, the lead, whoever that is, Deshaun Watson, J.J. Watt, and then the GM, making sure that that locker room has a cohesive, you know, personality in which they kind of vibe. But um, it's worse. Who it's you... worse when the boss, when one of the bosses yes, is the bad apple. Terrible. That is yes. the nightmare. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, I have my absolute favorite pick who I would want to see in the head coaching position uh, that I texted you immediately, and that's Eric Bieniemy. I think he would be an absolute home run. Um, he with Deshaun Watson, um, I think I think Eric Bieniemy is a no brainer. I know they're not, you know, they obviously can't go after a midseason. Kansas City's, you know, he's got a lot of shit on his plate with Kansas City, and uh, like you said, they're going to hire a GM first, but. Uh, that's the head coach that I would have circled and highlighted and underlined. What about you? I think there are a couple. Um, I think Eric Bieniemy is certainly one that, and I had a chance to visit with him a little bit at the com at the combine. It was me and Maurice Jones Drew were were talking at the combine. He, you know, he does NFL uh, draft stuff with us during the combine and during the draft. And so we were sitting there talking about the running backs or something like that. We're just up in the stands. And all of a sudden, Eric Bieniemy came up to talk to MJD, and he sat down. And so I was privy to their conversation. I was included in the conversation. I was asking questions. Bieniemy was awesome. He was a great guy to talk to. And then talking to some people with the Chiefs, you know, they talk about the fact that he's extraordinarily involved in the offense. That a lot of times people try to downplay his importance because of Andy Reid, but Eric Bieniemy a is learning from Andy Reid first and foremost. That's important. And number two, um, he is he is very instrumental in the offensive, you know, play calling and and install as well. He has a big part in that offense. So I'm yeah, I'm a fan of of the Eric Bieniemy idea. I'll tell you, I'll go through a couple of offensive guys also. Brian Dayball, you're going to hear his name mentioned. The offense coordinator with the Buffalo Bills. He's worked with Josh mm-hmm. um, Allen. Done a great job. You may hear, and I don't know if this guy is head coaching material, but you may hear Greg Roman, who has been with Colin yeah. Kaepernick during his best year. Wasn't um, he at the Raiders though? Didn't he get a shot? With the no, Raiders? no, no. That's um, Dennis. Dennis. Uh, oh okay. God, dog it. Yeah, the defense coordinator. No, this is not Greg okay. Roman. Greg Roman okay. is right now the offense coordinator for the Ravens, and he's working with Lamar okay. Jackson. So everyone gets all excited okay. about that. Uh, Brian Schottenheimer, who works with. The Seattle yeah. Seahawks and Russell Wilson. He's, yep. he's had a lot, a, lot, a lot of time in the league, and I think he's a good offensive mind. Would um, you ever go to a college guy? So Urban Meyer, Dabo Sweeney? Dabo is the guy that I would consider. Urban too, probably, but Dabo to me, Dabo to me is, 
So there are people who say, well, what is he? Is he an offensive guy, defense? Like, is he just a rah-rah guy? He is a CEO, but in some ways he's a lot like Pete Carroll. He's a I was different just going to say, his yeah. comp is Pete Carroll. Yeah, that he's a different Pete Carroll. Comp. And it worked with Pete. It gets guys up. I think guys want to play for him. I think it'd be great for Deshaun to get Deshaun's headspace back where it needs to be. And, you know, the important thing would be hiring a great staff. And I, I don't right. think it's crazy to think Brent Venables could come with him from college yeah, into the pros. You'd need to find a very good uh, quarterback coach, an offensive mentor, and play caller for for Deshaun. But I wouldn't rule out and, – and Jack Easterby is actually supposed to be pretty close with um, – with, Dabo. With Dabo. So I, I wouldn't rule out Dabo. Urban Meyer, I think, is going to, you know, he's going to cherry pick a job. Like if Texas, if Tom Herman gets whacked, Zoom, he'll be no, right in there. No, 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 no. If Dabo Sweeney takes this job, he'll go straight to Clemson. That could. He could. You know that's, what I mean? That's I mean, job. that's the perfect, that's a great job. Depends on where he wants to live, stuff like that. But um, yeah, but you play in the ACC. It's a great job. So here's, runs that conference. Here's what, yeah, they do, but it's not like the Big 12's tough. It's a powder no, puff conference right now. Yeah. Here's the name that I like. Robert Sala, the defense coordinator for the San, oh, yeah. Francisco, for the San Francisco 49ers. The one who looks like yeah. a cage fighter. Yeah, he looks like Mr. Clean. Yes. He looks like Vin Diesel. That yeah. guy has whip-ass, take names, get guys fired up. Now, it's always about the coaches you hire. He's it's always the about opposite the opposite of Dabo Sweeney. He is. He is an in-your-face like guy. Like, he's more of, like, a defensive in-your-face guy. Um, I guess they both have a ton of energy. Well, let me, let me ask you this. Everyone assumes whoever you hire has to work directly with Deshaun Watson. That That's just not no. accurate. I, that is the favorite. I will admit that is the favorite. But I think a guy like Robert Sala or a defensive coordinator who – has the energy to get everyone in the same direction. The first, the first thing first, this can't all be about Deshaun Watson. It's got to be about creating a culture in the building. And this happens with the GM and the head coach in conjunction and in Congress with each other, working in one direction with they're both like Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. They are in the, they are on the same team and in the same direction. They're on the same page. And so is, so is the owner Ursay. everybody is all on the same page. And that has never been the case in Houston with this Texans organization. Well, let me tell you what else has never been the case in Houston with this Texans organization, a generational quarterback and you've got him and you've got him under contract right now. And he is young and about to prime. He is. So, you do have to have somebody that can no come question. in. And if he's if he's like a Sala as opposed to like a Dabo Sweeney or a, an Eric Bieniemy, if he is like a Sala, you damn well better not miss with your OC. That's correct. You better have an OC that's going to be here for four or five years and be able to install an offense in which he and Deshaun Watson can be hand in hand. That's because correct. You Because there is no position, no one position more important in football than the quarterback, you maybe know, in all of sports. I think one. So, so you cannot fuck this up. Not while Deshaun Watson is where he is in his career right now. So the one interesting name that could pop out, but he does not have enough experience, but he would be really intriguing is Joe Brady. Uh, yeah. Joe Burrow's OC yeah. with LSU. Yeah, he's coached LSU, for the Saints. And now he's over at the, where is he? Matt now? No, he. He's the offense. Now he's with uh, Matt Rule in Carolina. Yeah, he's right. with Matt Rule in Carolina. He is a young guy. He's very, very smart with the passing attack. He worked great. You know, he he worked wonders for Joe Burrow. 
And but why would he move to another OC laterally? He wouldn't. Another OC you would position? have to hire him as a head. You'd have to make him a head coach. Yeah, and that's right. the danger. Is that is he the next Kyle Shanahan? NFL, is he the next Kyle Shanahan? Because Kyle Shanahan is a brilliant offensive mind, and he's done some really great right. things. Is Joe Brady that? And Kyle Shanahan had to wait his turn to get the head coaching position. But you know, if he's that next great young mind, maybe you accelerate it because you're so desperate with Deshaun Watson. Because, listen, you don't have your left tackle for – you've got him after this year, you have him for three more years under contract. Deshaun Watson, his best years are in, right, now, right now. You need to get it going. Right so now. you may want to accelerate yep. with a guy like Joe Brady. But you're right. You can't make a lateral move. So he couldn't jump from Carolina to Houston as OC. But what I'm saying is you, because of Deshaun Watson and where he is in his contract and where he is in his, in his age, I think you – I, I'm just contradicting a little bit what you said earlier. I think you do have to make a decision that based on Deshaun Watson. Yes, you got to have a good head coach. Yes, you got to have one that can be neck and neck and, and on the same page as the GM. But you cannot risk bringing in a defensive guy and missing on your OC and then getting another OC and then getting another OC because at that point, Deshaun Watson's ship has sailed and he's past his prime. So you better, you've got to have somebody that, that, that Deshaun Watson and, well, and, and him can, can now do. Now listen, same. there's all what you have to always keep your mind open. I mean, I'm just going to tell you something. I don't expect it to happen, but at any point the Texans could decide to move Deshaun Watson if they don't feel like he's the right quarterback and he will garner a ton of picks. So I'm just saying, I don't think there's any one way that you say if, it, if you don't do it this way, it will fail. But I do agree with you. You really can't afford to miss right now with your offensive coach. I mean, if you get the right coach and Deshaun still isn't getting it done, then everyone will blame that coach. Okay. But, but at some point, it will be on Deshaun. No, so, at some point, you have to put it on Deshaun Watson. I'm yeah, so, and I think Deshaun deserves some of the blame for what's happening right now. Um, before we wrap it up, I do want to say yeah, that um, – I do want to say that – Right now with the COVID stuff, because we talked a little bit about mm -hmm. the COVID stuff, the NFL is so super serious about this shit. They are so pissed at the Raiders for going to that event with no mask on at the Tennessee Titans. I'm really interested. They talked about having a personal bubble for every team and then maybe a bubble for just single guys in hotels. Like, you know, you're jammed up in a hotel. Um, I'm If these guys start fucking around, like they did in baseball, the NFL's not going to just let it play out. They will drop a massive hammer right away. We've already seen it with the fines that they've thrown out at head coaches. Mm -hmm. So I think we've seen the last of the fuckery this week. But if not, I think the NFL will take some measures that maybe Major League Baseball didn't have to take. Well, I think, you know, you got to look at what came before you and see what works. Yeah, I, I think you're right. You know, it's another league that's traveling. It's not like basketball in a bubble. So... Um, by the way, the professor is just absolutely dealing right now. Yeah. By the time you guys hear there's Charlie, Charlie Morton will have already aced the uh, Yankees. Fucking love it. All right. Um, I think maybe for the remainder of the time with the Astros in the playoffs, we will drop some bonus, uh, yeah. Houston episodes. We have to, we're the good luck for our Houston faithful faithful. All right. Sounds good, dude. Um, let's go get them tomorrow.